0: down.
1: We lay our crowns at the feet of Jesus. The greatness of mercy and love at the feet of Jesus. And we cry,
2: Welcome to Preston Crest. I'm Stephen Miller, one of the elders here, and we're so thankful that you chose to worship with us this morning. Preston Crest is a dynamic community of believers of Jesus Christ who worships and praises our Father in spirit and in truth. We're so glad that if you're visiting that you have chosen to be with us this morning, and we hope that we get an opportunity to meet with you after uh, services end. But as we do each week, we'd ask our members and register visitors uh, to register by texting check-in to 469-476-5331, as it lets us know who has joined us, whether you're here in person or online. But if you are visiting with this, and this is your first time, we ask that you fill a card out in the the pew in front of you and take it back to the uh, Information Center after church, and we have a gift showing our gratitude for your visit. Last month, we uh, laid out our Good Works Plan for 2023, and we are just so thankful for your contributions and your faithfulness to support all the wonderful works that are going on here at Preston Crest, whether they're here locally, in our community, or around the world. If you are able and willing, uh, we would like to encourage you to go to the Preston Crest website to fill out your purpose cards for 2023, submitting your financial commitment for the works of this church. All, call, all cards are kept confidential and dollar amounts are submitted separately and anonymously. This will be the final week that we ask for that. Before we pray and continue our worship, hear these words from Psalms 122, 1 and 2. The psalmist says, I rejoiced with those who said to me, Let us go to the house of the Lord. Our feet are standing in your gates, Jerusalem. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for the freedom we have to gather this morning in your house and the freedom we have in Christ. We pray that we will feel the sense of awe and amazement as the psalmist did as we acknowledge all that you have created and displayed. This morning, Father, we offer our praise to you for showing us your unconditional love in all circumstances, as well as your grace and mercy for our shortcomings. Father, I just wanna thank you for Preston Crest, for all the members, the families, the children, and those who serve and worship here, and bless those in our community locally and abroad who are in need. We pray that we love you first and foremost, love others, and keep the truths of your word in our words and actions. Father, we know you hear our cries in our times of need. Father, there are just so many who are dealing with difficult circumstances in their lives this morning. We ask you to heal those who are in the hospital, those who are recovering at home, dealing with cancer and other chronic illnesses, and other health-related matters. We also lift up those who are incurring financial distress, those who are looking for employment, who are having relational conflicts, and grieving from recent loss or other needs. May we lean heavily into you as we seek for settling in our lives in trying times. Now, Father, I pray that you will bless this worship as we honor and praise you for being the God that continually loves us, provides for us, and gives us the tremendous hope we have through your promises and blessings. We thank you for Jesus, and it is in his his holy name that we offer this prayer. Amen. Thanks, Stephen. Salvation belongs
0: to our God
1: Now enter into our time of communion, and we're going to sing one more song, and then Bob Chisholm is going to come and lead us this morning around the bread and around the cup let's sing Word. <laughs>
3: I read about a man one time who entered a jewelry store to buy a necklace for his wife. And he asked the jeweler, he said, do you have any crosses? And the jeweler said, well, we have quite a number of crosses. We have jeweled ones and we have gold ones, we have silver ones. But tell me, do you want the cross with or without the man? with or without the man. We have two images in history that come together with very different meanings, the cross and the man. And the the question is, which one changed the other? Did you know that crucifixion was reserved for criminals and for slaves, and for terrorists, and for traitors, for people who were horrible people. It was reserved for them. I think this is why Paul wrote what he did in 1 Corinthians 1. He said, we preach Christ crucified a scondolon in Greek, scandal, to the Jews, and Moriah, which we get our word moron, to the Greeks. It didn't make sense. And to think of a religious leader being crucified was scandalous and moronic. It was crazy. It was unthinkable. It was disgraceful. It was shameful. It did not make sense for a religious leader of any kind to have crucifixion attached to him. In fact, for someone in Jesus' day to wear a little silver cross as a piece of jewelry would make about as much sense as one of us wearing a little silver electric chair around our neck. That's what it meant. But that is not what it means today. It has been changed. And so I come back to my question. The cross, the man clashing in very different meanings. And which one changed the other? Well, we know which one changed it. And that's why we're gathered today. This morning, as we consider and reflect on the body and the blood of Jesus, we do that because if he can change the meaning of an instrument of torture in execution, then he can certainly change your spirit and mine. And that's why we reflect. And that's why we celebrate. Let's pray. Father, all we can think of is thank you. Thank you for finding us Thank you for forgiving us. Thank you for, for, for convincing us that our life can be different and that we can actually become more and more over time like you, Father. And so, Father, as we remember Jesus and what he did, we want to also want to remember what he wants us to become. And so, Father, we pray that as we think of who he was and how he lived and what he said, that we will decide again today to let you change us to become more thankful, more gracious, more kind, more compassionate, more generous, more loving, more blessed. As we hold the bread, Father, and remember the violence of that day, continue to change our hearts. We pray in His name. Amen. Let's pray again, please. Father, as we remember Jesus, we also remember all the people that have represented him in our lives. And we thank you for them for parents, for grandparents, for next door neighbors, for friends, for co workers, for church members for spouses, and, Father, how they represented the life of Jesus and helped us to see more clearly and helped us to decide to follow him. And, Father, we take this cup not only remembering the body of Jesus that was slaughtered on the cross, but the body of Jesus that is seated all around us now. And we thank you for them as well. For him, the man, and for them, the family. We pray in his name. Amen.
1: If you are prepared to give this morning, you can drop your offering in the box in the middle of our foyer or you can give online. Uh, thank you for, for however you choose to give. It is furthering God's work in this place and so many other places. Let's, uh, let's pray. Holy Father, we give to you. We give our money, our lives, our time, our love, And right now, we give you our praises and our worship. Father, we know you are Lord. You are Lord over viruses. You are Lord over economies and countries. And right now, we invite you to be Lord over our lives, Lord over our relationships. May we share your light your love with those around us. Father, help us. Help us to be kind. Kind with our words, not controlling or hurtful. We want to be your children. We want to live and love like you, Jesus. Hear our prayer. It's in your name. Amen. about 20 years ago, there was a very popular movie, and you may have already seen it, Steel Magnolias. Many of you already have. You're going to see something a little bit familiar uh, in this promotional video for our upcoming ladies' retreat, and these ladies had a lot of fun making it, so watch. Let's watch this. Hi,
0: everybody. Hey, girls. Hey, Weeza. Shelby. I hear you Mama are planning the women's retreat at Preston Grass. Oh, yes, ma'am. And it is going to be the most divine retreat this congregation has ever seen this side of heaven. Well, goodness, girl, you're going to have to tell me all about it. I make it a strict policy never to have a party in this town that I didn't know about first. Oh, well, now uh-huh. warm up the wax. Yeah. Moses isn't the only one to part the impossible. <sighs> Well, anyway, it is going to be on Saturday, March 25th. Now, we don't have to stay at a hotel, do we? I hate hotels. Weezer, dear, you're crazy. I am not crazy. I've just been in a really bad mood for 40 years. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my stars, Weezer. Now, we're not having to stay in hotels this year. This is just a one-day retreat from 845 to 5. We'll fill you up and set you free. It is going to be the most lovely event. Mm -hmm. We've decided on the most beautiful color palette. Mm -hmm. The colors are blush and bashful. The colors are pink and pink. It's going to look like the fellowship hall's been hosed down with Pepto Bismol. (laughs) Mama and I may argue about everything, but we can agree on one thing. We We want everyone everyone to to come. come. She's new. Okay. Honey, what do you think? Will you go? What, me? Uh, I don't know. I don't I don't hardly know anybody here.
4: Please come. You have
0: to. Right. Um, but, uh, who would I sit with? I don't know anybody. No, now don't you worry about that, darling. She'll be in I in charge of the seating chart. Everybody's going to be mixed up at different tables so they can get to know someone new. Um i don't know it just makes me so nervous So <laughs> just say you'll come and smile it increases your face value okay um well uh, if y'all will all be there and with me i might can pluck up the courage to go we are going to be the best of friends mm-hmm. wait dear will you go no i am not going I don't need any friends. And I've been here forever. The only reason people like me is I have more money than Trump. Oh, hush, you old coot. That's not true. They love you for your sparkling personality. Truly, don't try and get on my good side. I don't have one anymore. Don't worry. I'll make sure she gets there, even if we have to arm wrestle her. <laughs> we want everybody to be there. So who's in? Me.
1: Me, 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 me. <laughs> even Weezer's going, huh? <laughs> All right. Love that blush and bashful. Okay. Yeah. Hey, you can sign up online, sign up at the table. And yes, it's pink. It's a pink table. But this is going to be a different look to the ladies retreat. Whether you've been here five minutes or 50 years, this one's for you. Seriously. And it is really designed to refresh you, to refresh us. Hmm refresh us so we can be the children of God and encourage each other. So, hey, make an effort. Let's be there. Girls, not guys, girls. All right, you'll hear more about it in the upcoming weeks. All right, we've got uh, we're missing about 200 people because they're serving fajitas over here in the fellowship hall, and so uh, make plans to have lunch with us today. If if your plans don't allow you to do that, you can still uh, select f- uh, fajita fundraiser uh, in giving, and you can just drop a twenty or a fifty online for that, and uh, that will really help our youth group and their mission efforts this summer. So please make plans. Uh, looks like first service has already gone through the line so everything's clear. Y'all let's stand. We're going to send kids on up to Children's Church and we'll sing one more little chorus and then Gordon's going to come share with us. That's why we praise him. That's why we sing.
0: That's why
4: quite a video. <laughs> Jamie, maybe we make that wig a full-time deal for Jennifer. I thought it was nice. Looked very natural. <laughs> that was great. That's going to be so much fun. Isla's been talking about some of the plans that are going in, and it's, it's going to be different. It's, there's going to be really cool little ways that they're going to get people to know each other better and, and have fun, and I think it's going to be a great day. A few years back, I was, uh, at that moment, a lot of us have faced of needing to buy a new car, a used car. Um, so, looked and looked and looked, and, you know, wanted low miles, beautiful car, good shape, great price, you know, the impossible dream that we all have when we car shop. And, um... So I found one, visited several places, but I found one that a man-owned private seller up in Plano. So I drove up to his house with Isla and uh, drove that car around the block a few times that he was selling. And we negotiated and closed the deal. It was great. But as I was about to leave his house, about a 35-year-old guy with a little son there that was getting ready for school, I just asked him, so why are you getting rid of this car? I think that's a good thing to know. And he said, well, my wife... um, lost a battle to cancer. Yeah, and this was her car, and so we ended up spending a little bit more time there, and talking with him, and stuff, and and drove the car home, and everything. Um, a couple weeks later, I was going to put one of my CDs in the CD player, but there was one in there, so had to hit the eject button, and out came this CD. You know the kind that you make yourself, right? It's, it's blank, and you put your playlist on there. And there was only one thing that was written on the top in a woman's handwriting. It just said, sad. Yeah. Those were the songs that she listened to when she was going to chemo. Those were the songs that she listened to when she got good news and when she got bad news in that journey. That was her playlist. I didn't listen to that playlist. I... Tapped on a couple of the songs just to see what she had on there, but obviously it wasn't for me. So we're gonna start a series today about that part of the playlist. The Songs of Lament. I hope you have those on your playlist somewhere. God's people have had those on their playlist for a very long time, as we will see in this series. We're going to pass through seasons. If you're blessed, if you're fortunate enough to grow old, you're going to need some of those songs. You're going to do some grieving. You're going to do some struggling. You might even have a tragedy. You might get bad news from those tests you took at the doctor's office. You're going to need some of those songs on that playlist. In Scripture, these songs and prayers and writings in a minor key are called laments. And they are meant as, in one sense, complaints that faithful people express to God about things that they don't understand, unwelcome visitors of grief and sorrow in their lives. And I believe that if we remove laments from our playlist, then we have removed a powerful Spirit given tool from God to help us with authentic mourning over things that are wrong. And it could be personal grief, it could be sorrow over a sin battle that you keep losing. It could be a cry or complaint over an injustice that you see in the world. All of those kinds of laments are found in Scripture. And here's why I think you need some laments on your playlist. We'll just walk through these pretty quickly. There are a lot of reasons. Here are a few. One of them is that we can be more honest in our worship. That you come and you don't feel like you have to put on a happy face You don't feel like you need to leave part of yourself outside the gathering of God's people. But like our Hebrew ancestors and even our brothers and sisters in the Old Testament, and even in a scene from the throne room of heaven where the martyrs are offering a lament to God, how long, how long, oh God, they pray, you can also bring your pain into the presence of God. I get so tired of this, and I know it comes from a good place, but it's not uncommon to hear in gatherings like this, someone up front with a microphone saying something like, Lord, now we leave our cares and the worries of this world outside. I don't. The psalmist didn't. And I don't believe Jesus did, as we'll see later, either. And you don't have to. Bring it all before the presence of God. And here's the thing. We do a great job as Americans of complaining. We may be the complainiest nation under the sun. I don't know. But lament certainly involves complaining. It's part of complaining. But it is so much more. A lament is a song or a prayer or a meditation of heartbreak that you take to the throne of God, right? It's not like the regular complaining that we do about bad service or cold food. And I want us to spend a few months, uh, uh, not months, but a few weeks at least, unpacking lament so that we can make sure that this tool is in our collective, individual, personal toolboxes, that it's on your playlist somewhere, but also as a congregation that it's on our playlist. Because we need to go back to that list of what we're trying to do here. We need to develop an all-season faith. If you just have a good time faith or cruise control faith or everything is going okay faith, you're going to struggle when it's not going okay. The other thing is we need to provide space to, to help others. There are people here right now going through some stuff. There always are. And if we have this built into our playlist, if we know the vocabulary that God has built into our scriptures of lament, we'll be able to come alongside, put an arm around them, and walk with them through the valley of the shadow of death. And finally, I think there's an evangelistic purpose, for lack of a better word. It helps us to be a better witness in a world where things are not as they should be. In a world where there are plenty of sorrows and struggles faced by our neighbors, we will love our neighbors better when they see that we are equipped with this language of struggle and sorrow. So yeah, we're going to unpack this. Our church, we claim as half of our vision, right, that's posted out there in the lobby, uh, compassion for people. And part of that involves Romans 12, 15, that we know how to, and we are ready to, mourn with those who mourn. But we live in the American church, and we Americans are adept at avoiding sorrow, medicating it therapizing it, doing whatever we can to get away from it, to even avoid people who might be crying or weeping or sobbing or, oh, I don't want to be around them. We, we are good at doing that. And even in the church in America, we tend to do that. A study recently of worship songs that were written over the last few years found that less than 5% are songs of lament. Leading the researcher to conclude, it seems the American church avoids lament. I remember years ago, too long ago, John Scott High School youth group. One of those songs that we always sang upbeat, energizing. We sang it well and we do hear the same song. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. Love that song. But the great irony of that song is those lyrics come from the book of Lamentations. And we basically picked out the only two verses in chapter 3 of the five chapters that are not lament. And we sing those because we like a happy song. There's nothing wrong with that song. But there's more to those Lamentations, aren't there? Jeremiah the prophet wrote this, and he is weeping. He's brokenhearted over the city of Jerusalem that's fallen into disrepair. The enemies have run roughshod over Jerusalem, and he writes the most sorrowful lament. Remember chapter 5. Remember, O Lord, what has befallen us. Look. Look at us. See our disgrace. Our inheritance has been turned over to strangers. There are foreigners living in our homes. We have become orphans. Fatherless. Our mothers are like widows. Women are raped in Zion. Young women in the towns of Judah. The joy of our hearts has ceased. Our dancing Has been turned into mourning. The crown has fallen from our head. Woe to us for we have sinned. For this our heart. Has become sick. For these things our eyes. Have grown dim. Yeah. We weren't singing those lyrics at the devos back in the day. The prophet Jeremiah writes this book of lament and he takes his sharpie and he just puts sad. Lamentations. So this Hebrew playbook or playlist rather, we know it as the book of Psalms, the worship book, the great songs of the church for Israel. A third of them at least were songs of lament. Lament. By far the biggest category of psalms in the songbook, more than praise, more than gratitude, more than words of instruction or ethical teaching, they were songs of lament, prayers of lament in that songbook. Sad. God's people made a place to be sad in the presence of God. A place to mourn together, a place for complaint, a place for outcries over injustice. By the way, Israel, Yisrael, that means one who wrestles with God. Israel, one who wrestles with God. It's just the reality. Honest people wrestle with God sometimes. Rebecca Eklund wrote a neat little book on lament. She says, lamenting is not a sin. It doesn't display a lack of faith or trust. It reveals the opposite. A deep and abiding trust, however faint, however shaken, however wounded, in a God who hears the cries of God's children. So, lament was one of the most common praise songs of God's people in the Old Testament. It was one of the most common prayers recorded in the Scriptures. But lament was not simply something for our Hebrew faith ancestors thousands of years ago. It has a place in Christ's church. It has a place in the life of the redeemed. It has a place here at Preston Crest in our lives because... I mean, we need to make sure that our pre- playlist isn't just celebration songs, but sad songs of a people who live in a fallen world, who recognize the gap between things as they are and things as they should be, and in faith will be in Jesus Christ. Jesus, He knew how to lament. We are his disciples. We are his followers. He looked at Jerusalem one time and just started weeping. Like Jeremiah. Oh, Jerusalem. He wrestled with God in the garden of Gethsemane. Jesus wept. As Mary and Martha wept The death over the death of Lazarus, their brother. Jesus, on the cross of of Calvary, quoted the first line of one of these songs of lament. I wonder if he sang those lyrics. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I tell you, I love Jesus for a lot of reasons. One of the biggest reasons Isaiah talks about in Isaiah 53, he was despised and rejected by men. My Jesus was a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. He knew what you know. He knew what it's like to be tempted. He knew what it's like to live in a physical body that betrays us at different points. Jesus knew what it was like to be betrayed, to be rejected, to be mocked, to be unjustly accused of things. Jesus knew the feeling of being forsaken. And I love him so much more because he chose that path to identify with us. And so Hebrews 4.15 can say of our Jesus, we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. But we have one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin, never turned loose of God. The quick thing I want to give us this morning is a biblical roadmap to lament. Lament is going to involve these four elements. They're not necessarily going to be in order, okay? Okay. Sometimes they will be repeated in a particular psalm, in a particular prayer. There's only one exception. Psalm 88 uh, doesn't have the element of praise at the end of it. You don't need to look that up now, but it is dark. And I'm even glad that Psalm 88 is in Scripture, letting me know it's okay not to be okay. But for the rest of these, this body of lamentations in the Bible, we have this kind of framework There's always a directionality. Like this lament, this outcry is not just a rant. It's not just a complaint. It is a prayer directed toward God. The Father is listening. And so a lament is an honest turning toward God. A lament involves a description. I name what's wrong. I mean... Wow, Jeremiah in Lamentations, he, he really named it. Didn't hold back, did he? I named, this is wrong. This is messed up. This is what's keeping me awake at night. This is what breaks my heart. It describes what's wrong, but it doesn't stop there. It also has a demand, uh, or you might put an ask. There's a specific, God, I want you to do this in response. Save your people. Defeat our enemies. Number four, devotion. A lament, with the exception of Psalm 88, always has a yet, a but but in it. There's complaint, there's outcry, and then there's yet I will praise you, but I will still worship you. You're still God. And so Job, famous example of a lament in Scripture, this guy, Job lost it all. He lost his health. He lost his fortune. He lost his children, and he laments, but he turned to praise. Job one. he arose, he tore his robe, he shaved his head, he fell on the ground, and he worshipped. He said, naked I came from my mother's womb, naked I shall return. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Later on, as he's still in sackcloth and ashes and in the throes of his depression, he says in chapter 13, though he slay me, yet will I hope in him. In lament, we move beyond what we see into what we know. What I see is not good, but I know you're on the throne. What I feel is terrible, but I know you have a future for me. We incline our spirits toward worship. And so if you are in a season of sorrow today... I'm glad you're here. You don't have to put on a happy face. You don't have to answer the, how are you doing today? Great. You don't have to do that. You can bring it here. You can share it here with God, with God's people. God has compassion. We have compassion. We invite you to come as you are. Years ago, 9-11, tragedy for our nation Horrible, horrible tragedy. Matt and Beth Redman um, were looking for a song to connect with people's hearts when the nation was in the throes of this grief. And they didn't find a song that they felt fit the moment. So they decided to write a song, Blessed Be Your Name. They say this about the inspiration for that song. They talked about the need for this new song. Where were the musical poets and prophets to help the people of God find a voice in worship at this tragic time? The truth was in most places we visited or led worship, there was a distinct lack of appropriate songs for this time when it came to expressions of pain and lament. We had very little vocabulary to give voice to our heart cries And so they wrote the song. Blessed be your name. In the land that is plentiful, where your streams of abundance flow, blessed be your name. And when I'm found in the desert place, and though I walk through the wilderness, blessed be your name. Every blessing you pour out, I will turn back to praise And when the darkness closes in, Lord, still, yet, but, I'm still going to say, blessed be the name of the Lord. When the sun is shining down on me and everything is as it should be, blessed be your name. Blessed be your name on the road marked with suffering, though there's pain in the offering. Blessed be your name. And then the bridge, they quote Job's words You give and take away. You give and take away. My heart will choose to say, Blessed be your name. And maybe there's something you need to share this morning with somebody around you. Invite them to come up alongside in your lament. Or come down and pray with me or one of our shepherds. Feel free to do that. God's people have been doing that for a long time. Maybe it's time to make your decision for Jesus. A high priest who's gone through all of the things that you go through. Who sympathizes with your situation And proclaim him to be your Lord and Savior. Be baptized in his name. Maybe you just want to know more about being a member of this church. We'd love to help you with any of that. But right now, let's say, blessed be your name as we stand together.
1: Blessed be your name in the
0: land.
2: We are so happy that you joined us this morning in worship. We remind you about the fajita lunch that is over in the fellowship right afterwards. Gordon, just thank you for reminding us of the seasons of life. are not always about joy and happiness, but sorrow and lament. So we appreciate that. And Let me remind you, if there's anything that we as uh, elders can pray about tomorrow night in our elders meeting, please let us know. Send an elder an email, uh, elders at prestoncrest.org. And we spend the first 30 or so minutes praying individually for those requests. Uh, Tonight, I invite you to come back and join us as Gordon continues our our series on Picture This, which is a study of the stories that Jesus told in the form of parables. And before Reed Wilkes, uh, son of Angela and Kenny Wilkes, leads us in the take-home verse, uh, let me just remind you that the purpose of these take-home verses for 2023 is to emphasize evangelism. And so the verses are very easy to remember, and we hope that you'll use them in conversation with your neighbors and those that are around you, just as Jesus did. Read. For God so loved the world he,
0: that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. John three sixteen. And the church said...